Welcome to Analyzing with Abby, the podcast where we discuss true crime, conspiracies, social justice issues, and more. Today, we'll be talking about multi-level marketing companies and why, in my opinion, you shouldn't join one. Multi-level marketing, or MLM, is a system in which an individual seller earns commission from both direct sales and the sales of seller's recruits. This can also be called direct sales or network marketing. Have you ever received a message from someone you haven't talked to since high school saying they think you would be a great fit to join their team? It is likely that they work for an MLM and are trying to recruit you to join. Some of the most well-known MLMs are Amway, Herbalife, Arbonne, Mary Kay, It Works, Octavia, Young Living, and many more. I've been watching anti-MLM content on YouTube for a while now, and I've become fascinated with how these companies continue to thrive, despite the majority of people losing money with them. I want to make it clear that I am not making this podcast to spread hate or to bash anyone who is in an MLM. I understand that every company is different, and everyone has different experiences. My intention is to educate and bring awareness to this subject. I do feel that it is important to talk about, because although I don't personally have any experience with an MLM, There are countless stories of people who have not only lost money, but even relationships with friends and family because of the MLM they were a part of. Many MLMs use predatory tactics to recruit vulnerable people who end up losing money. According to the FTC, over 99% of people who join an MLM lose money. I want to talk about some of the ways MLMs are manipulative, give false promises, and why you should be cautious of these companies. But first, let's go over a couple of income disclosure statements. Companies are not required to put out income disclosures in the U.S., so many companies don't. Additionally, many of the companies that do provide these statements leave out critical information, so it's important to keep that in mind when reviewing them. According to SequenceInc.com, the following factors are important for a complete income disclosure statement from an MLM company. Total distributors throughout the year how the total distributor count is calculated, number of new distributors during the year, number of distributors who quit during the year, turnover rate, number of distributors earning nothing, definition of active distributor, total number of distributors who have recruited other distributors, and amount of product purchased by each level of distributor throughout the year. The first income disclosure statement I want to look at is for Arbonne in 2019. There are five tiers of distributors in Arbonne. The bottom tier makes up 66% of all distributors. The average annual earnings for the bottom tier is $830. The top tier, which makes up 1% of distributors, has an average annual income of $217,311. At first glance, these numbers don't look too bad. An average of $830 for the majority of distributors is far from a livable wage, but it could seem like a way to make a little extra income. However, there are a couple of things to take into consideration here. Right above the chart listing the earnings, it says, A typical Arbonne participant in the United States earned between $120 to $502 in 2019. Those are significantly lower numbers than what is stated to be average for the lowest tier of distributors. I reached out to Arbonne to ask about this discrepancy, 
and they said the $120 to $502 is typical, not average. But they were unable to tell me the difference in how they calculate typical versus average. Another thing to keep in mind is this is an income disclosure for consultants who had earnings in 2019. This means that distributors who had no earnings are not taken into consideration. I couldn't find any statistics on how many people had no earnings in 2019, but I did find that in 2017, only 17% of all Arbonne participants had any income. This means the averages including all participants would be much lower. Another very important factor is that these numbers are not taking expenses into account. Companies like Arbonne lack transparency when it comes to how much distributors are spending versus how much they're making. This makes it difficult to research, so we just have to go off the information I was able to find. In a study from 2007, it was found that a typical Arbonne participant spent an average of $2,450 on product and recruitment campaigns. Even if that number is lower now, it means it is very likely that everyone in the bottom tier of Arbonne lost money. And again, the bottom tier makes up 66% of all participants who had income, and we know that the majority had no income at all. Overall, it looks like you have a much better chance of losing money than making money with Arbonne. Next, I want to look at the income disclosure statement for Young Living. This company shows averages for all participants, whether they made money or not, so it gives a more accurate representation. Young Living has 10 tiers for their participants. The bottom tier, distributor, makes up 89.6% of all participants. The average annual income for these distributors is $3. The top tier, Royal Crown Diamond, which makes up less than 0.1% of participants, has an average annual income of 1.5 million. Those numbers are a little shocking to see. In defense of Young Living, some would argue that part of the reason for such low numbers for the majority of participants is that because some people sign up to be a distributor just to receive a discount and have no intention of actually selling the product. While I'm sure that's true for some, there are also lots of people who sign up because it is marketed to them as an opportunity to make money. Let's say you do better than 90% of everyone in the company and make it up to the next tier. This tier makes up 7.4% of participants, and the average annual income is $242. It takes an average of 11 months for participants to reach this tier. Starter kits to join Young Living range from $35 to $250. With the cost of a starter kit, plus buying product and any other expenses, it is still almost guaranteed that participants in this tier either made very little money or lost money. The first tier that has a livable income as an annual average is the sixth tier up, and only 0.1% of participants make it to this tier. These companies represent just how difficult it is to make any money in an MLM. But it's not just Arbonne and Young Living. A study done by Dr. John M. Taylor reveals that after analyzing income data from 30 MLM companies, 
99.6% of people lost money. So how do these companies still continue to thrive? MLM participants are encouraged to look successful on social media in an attempt to recruit other people under them. Seems simple enough, but the problem is recruiting like this is not sustainable. If you recruit five people, and each of those five recruits another five, and then each of those people recruits another five, and so on, you can only do that cycle 13 times before you exceed the population of the entire Earth. Another way people in MLMs make money is by encouraging the people in their downlines to spend as much as possible, because they make commissions on whatever they purchase, whether or not they're able to sell it. They'll often say things like, you need to invest in your business, as a way to encourage spending. MLM companies say that the more you spend, the more you'll be motivated to work hard in the company. However, 50% of people who join an MLM will quit in the first year, and 90% will quit in the first five years. When people realize that they're not doing as well as they had hoped and turn to their upline for support, they usually turn it back around on them and say they aren't working hard enough. One way MLM reps recruit new members is by targeting specific communities. MLMs target stay-at-home moms, military spouses, and anyone looking for a community to be a part of. They market their MLM as not only a money-making opportunity, but also a way to join their community and have a built-in group of friends. They encourage lots of posting on social media to get people interested in their business. MLMs are not only responsible for financial loss, but also the potential loss of relationships with family and friends. No one likes to feel like they're always being sold to, so this causes people to avoid people in MLMs, while the MLM participant is left wondering why no one wants to support their business. The longer someone stays in an MLM, the harder it is to leave. They may have a strained relationship with their family and friends and don't want to lose the community they feel they are a part of in the MLM. MLM companies support each other, but only if you're a part of them. As soon as you leave, they see you as someone who is against them. Another selling point MLM reps use is that you can abandon your 9-to-5 job and work from home. I've seen a lot of posts from people claiming, Working for their company is like owning your own small business and gives you the freedom to work from anywhere. There are a few problems with this. One being that it is nearly impossible to make a livable wage with most of these companies. When you aren't making enough money, you feel the need to be working all the time, even during times you would have off with a normal job. I've also seen posts from MLM reps posting pictures of them working on vacation or in places most people wouldn't be able to work from. They use this as a selling point, saying you couldn't do this with your corporate job. This is true, you can't work from anywhere with most corporate jobs, but you also get paid vacations where you don't have to worry about working. MLMs don't offer paid time off or any other benefits, which is why they say it's like owning your own business. The problem with this is that you don't get any of the benefits of actually owning a business. You don't get to decide what products you sell, prices, or any other aspects of the business. If you work as an Arbonne consultant, Arbonne could change everything about their company, or even shut down completely, 
and you don't get any say in the decisions they make. As you can see, there are plenty of reasons to avoid MLM companies. If someone does approach you with a business opportunity that seems too good to be true, make sure you do plenty of research to see if it's really something you want to be involved in. This concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and analyze with me today. I'll include some resources in the description if you would like to do any further research. Before I go, here's today's cat trivia. Some cats are ambidextrous, but 40% are either left pod or right pod. Thanks for listening, and if you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating or review, and I'll talk to you in the next one.